Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. I have read many books on philosophy and other books as well on why people do the things they do, why some feel they have the right to question everything, sort of like a Socrates who actually did that until people got tired of him asking questions and he was ordered to basically kill himself by drinking hemlock of poison. One philosopher said that nothing matters. That way, nothing affects your state of mind, which will be one of inner inner tranquility. Okay. One fellow named Machiavelli said sometimes it's better to tell lies, break your promises, and even murder your enemies. If you are in power, the most important thing was to stay there, stay in that position, and just about any way of doing that was acceptable. Thomas Hobbes said there is no such thing as the soul. We are simply bodies. And there was a guy named Baruch Spinoza who said we are all parts of God, but so are stones, ants, blades of grass, and windows. A fellow by the name of Rousseau also said that to be truly free, one must obey a law in the interests of the community. Someone refusing to conform to that law should be forced to obey, and they will find freedom in obeying. One's own selfish individual choices must not be allowed. So when you force people to obey, then they are free. I'm sure a few countries will make you think all of a sudden where these ideas are accepted. Karl Marx believed that religion was the opiate, the drug of the people, and he advocated violence to stop the rich from getting richer so that all may have an equal share of resources. Yet countries created on his views proved to be oppressive, inefficient, and corrupt. Some people later saw what they did during times of war as only following orders by taking commands from others people that they avoided being responsible for the deaths of other people and they ended up with an indifference to the feelings of people some even later would argue that you know that those because of a medical condition cannot function in the world today and say they are in a irreversible vegetative state then mercy killing would be okay they don't have a strong wish to keep on living because they are incapable of having wishes at all. As you can tell, since the dawning of men, we have looked at our lives, our world and the sky above us, and reasoned for the existence of all we are and have hopes of becoming. 
Yet when you take all the books and philosophies these men have created, there is still only one book that makes men and women. One book that describes the beginning of man is fallen to sin and sin's destructive stage on the history of mankind. You will also see the promise of a deliverer, a savior who would redeem man from the slimy pit of darkness and hopelessness into the glorious peace and freedom later to be seen and written about in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, who, by one's faith on his finished work in Calvary, for the sins of the world, for their own personal sins, the resurrection of Christ. Only Jesus has the grace and the power to change the drunkard, the prostitute, the murderer, murderer, and every person that struggles with sin and fear of death. God's word continues to change people's lives and makes them a new creation in Jesus Christ. The old hopelessness and fear is replaced with the peace, love, and joy, and forgiveness of God. While philosophers argue from their carefully crafted pillars of intellectual reasoning, God's holy word still speaks and changes lives today. I've read and studied the arguments and reasonings of many who have written and argued for their position on the meaning of life. But in every single view, I find it powerless to change a person's life for the better. Jesus is the truth. John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Trusting in Christ is the first step toward developing a good conscience. When he comes into our life, he gives a new heart and mind which can understand and apply truth. Things once accepted, we now see as sinful. As we let God's word fill our mind, we filter thoughts and actions actions through his standard of right and wrong. We also are given as Christians the Holy Spirit who works with our conscience to assist us in discriminating between righteousness and sin. He also interprets scripture for us and helps us to apply it to our lives and develop a good conscience. We see life and our eternity from his perspective and not from our own thoughts and imaginations on life. Till next time.